life was like a box of chocolates. I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. What am I gonna do with a gun rack? Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? You're tuned in to the Honey Wagon Podcast, a weekly dose of unfiltered rants and reviews on the latest Hollywood flicks and timeless classics. Here are your hosts, Andy, Rich, and Lou. You're listening to Take 11 of the Honey Wagon Podcast. Hello. Hello. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, Yeah. How's everybody out there? Good. (laughs) Keeping it clean. How's everyone in their social isolation and uh, what is it? Social distancing? Yeah, man. As an introvert, this has been a maze. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm like, I don't really mind this. Um, Of course, at times like this, you're just like, because, you know, I'm working from home. Lou, you're working from home. Rich, you're not yet. Knock on wood. Um, But, you know, at times it's like, man, I just kind of... I kind of wish I wasn't working from home because I do like the separation of work from home. Yeah. And right. then when you're done, you leave work at work and then you go home and do yeah. whatever. Yeah. But at the same time... Now I'm, work has followed you home or forced yeah. you. Yeah. I think each day we're finding ourselves making just... Like, I guess getting used to this kind of very surreal scenario. Still mm-hmm. feels really surreal though. Yeah. Like, yeah so I'm not used surreal. to it yet. Like Monday, I spent most of the day in my pajamas. <laughs> Today, yeah. even though I was working from home, I changed into a short t-shirt combo oh, okay i thought you were gonna say tuxedo no i usually <laughs> don't wear a tuxedo to work but that you know once all just this stuff passes home, on yeah just, just throw on the 007 out. you know throw, yes i'll get into my best uh 007 outfit man we'll uh-huh. we'll get through this together everyone out there and we'll watch a lot of movies that's true it's yeah. movie time yeah we're gonna watch a lot of movies and you know because of this whole covid19 thing which is what we're referring to um it's kind of has influenced our show for today because so much news um, has come out from this and it's definitely has been heavily impacting the entertainment and film industries. Right. This is the week we, our plans were to be reviewing at this time, um, a quiet place. I think it was a quiet, quiet, a quiet I think for the next episode or some, it, something like that. I can't remember the release date, but now. it's not, it was coming out either this week or the week before. And we were planning on reviewing it here on the yeah. podcast, but Everything got canceled. Everything's been canceled. The world is canceled. Or, or postponed. Postponed. Yeah. For now. Yeah. And so we're going to be talking a bit about that later on the show, talking about how much this COVID-19 is impacting the industry. Uh, but as I mentioned, I, it has really influenced our show for today. So we don't have a feature presentation. We will be resuming that next week. We're going to get a little bit creative. Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to be doing two flashback features. Nice. So we went into our uh, our list of movies that we haven't seen. Uh, you know, our rules are always at least two of us couldn't have seen the movie for it to be on the list. And one of the movies that we, uh, all three of us, neither of us have seen, is uh, 1951's A Streetcar Named Desire. It's, you know, a movie that's heavily referenced in pop culture. It's always known as a classic, a must-see, that kind of thing. So we Mm -hmm. watched that. And the second flashback feature was Miller's Crossing, which was Richard's suggestion. He's seen it before. Many, many Many times. Oh, my. How many times? I don't know. 79. Oh. Should I tease? Should I tease my opinion on the movie? No, no. Save, save it. No? Save it no. for later. Oh, fine. <laughs> I'll save it. All right. Should we, should we get into it? Let's get into it. Our All first, right. Let's do it. First flashback film, A Streetcar Named Desire, 1951. 
Um, I believe it was like the debut of Marlon Brando. This was his big, uh, big appearance. His biggest really yeah, yeah. role. Yeah. Wow. Or first big, big role. Yeah. Okay. It uh, it's an interesting film. Should we get into a synopsis? <laughs> I think we yeah we need a synopsis. Um, I should clarify that it's based off of the Tennessee, Tennessee Williams, Williams uh, play. Play. Yeah. So um, it's an adaptation of that. So who'd like to do a synopsis? You want to go for it, Lou? I'll go for it. So yeah. this is via our friend Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. It tells the story of a Southern belle, Blanche Dubois, who, after encountering a series of personal losses, leaves her aristocratic background seeking refuge with her sister and brother-in-law in a dilapidated Nolens apartment building. Sure is. And, yeah, she just goes through, Blanche just goes through some very interesting... Uh, experiences kind of takes a look at someone who's been through a lot of shit she's obviously has mental health issues um and yeah and marlon brando playing stanley kowalski i think his name is yeah he is a bit of a brute but he's a brute with a heart of gold actually not really at all he's he's kind of a piece of shit yeah uh and yeah it's a a very dense film Mm mm-hmm Let's get into so, it. Okay, well, okay. I know Andrika's just ready to I, fucking burst through a fucking wall here. we go. Here we go. I just feel bad because <laughs> I'm the one who encouraged for this movie to be put on the list. Our it's list. a classic. Because it's a classic. It and is. I just feel like I was so misled. And I'm like, why the fuck is this movie a classic? <laughs> I'm sorry. Again, this is my 2020 lens. Looking back on a movie from 1951, and it has nothing to do with the year it came out. I'd, mm. Oh, it's black and white. Again, I don't care if it's black and white. I'll I'll watch it. But what was that storyline about? Like honestly, like was it? And like what? Oh, I hated it. I okay. hated it. I Lou, just, I can't. how did you feel about it? <laughs> I appreciated certain aspects of it. Um, I liked the soundtrack visually. I, I just liked the atmosphere of it. It was very smoky and shadowy and mysterious, kind of sexy New Orleans. It kind of reminded me of um, the intro to Black Orpheus uh, when, you know, just arriving in the town, like appearing out of the fog. Right. And she has to find this streetcar named Desire. Which is referenced <laughs> as the first sentence of the movie. But she I, says the title. I hated Blanche. I just that character. It was just like a typewriter. Didn't I, you hate them all? Okay, the one character, the one performance that I I thought was f- pretty fantastic. Just because, and I think it almost took away from the film. Just because whenever he was on the screen, mm-hmm. he was literally outshining everyone. Dominated. He burst mm-hmm. like a monster kind of pop song, you know. And that's that's Marlon Brando. Yeah. He just every time he stole the scene, he obviously looked like a you know the fifties heartthrob, and then his perform. He, you know what he reminded me of? This is kind of kooky, but he reminded me of a lot of a very kind of vibrant uh, Leo DiCaprio kind yeah. of character. Yeah, no, okay. When I say okay. I hated everyone, I meant the characters. Yeah, I think everyone's performances were fantastic. Even Stella. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, just for the the fact is, I'm not even thinking about them being actors i was just taking that in as the characters Mm -hmm. that they were and that's kudos to the performances of the actors right Mm -hmm. it's hard not to obviously think that it's marlon brando because it's marlon brando right Mm -hmm. but i get now why he was like a heartthrob Mm -hmm. at that time because for me the first film i remember seeing him in is the godfather Godfather. Mm -hmm. right and he was already pretty up there in age at the time um 
trying to think of some of the other movies. All the movies that I've seen him in, he was much older. older like, guy, yeah. yeah, so mm-hmm. this is the first time I've ever seen him in a film in his prime, like a man in his young late 20s, I would imagine. He yeah. wasn't, yeah, he was like a total, like he, I thought of sort of like a, he was kind of like a cross between Leonardo DiCaprio and Tom Cruise. I kind of got that yeah. vibe, just a mix of them. And I know that's insulting because he's like a Hollywood legend and we're comparing these other guys that came after him. Yeah, well, yeah, but, they, they're like, they're may, may, you know, you could say that they were compared to yeah. Marlon Brando when they were kind of yeah, coming but up, I especially like, Leo. I did like this movie. I did like it. The only thing is I, I feel you on the where's the story going thing yeah. <laughs> because... It just didn't. It didn't feel like it had any closure for the it, way it ended. It feel like it yeah. wasn't a story. Like it just yeah, felt but, like no. You know, it was a story. Yes. It was almost like kind. I, don't I think even it want was to say kind of like. Of life, I think it was think? kind yeah. of a slice of life and, and moment in kind time. Of analyzing this woman Blanche who has been through like. It's hard to watch this through a Me Too lens, though. Too shit, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she obviously has mental health issues. She has left her hometown, kind of in shame. It takes a little while for me to pick up on her having mental health issues. More so, I was, I was just looking at her more so as a scammer for like a good half of the movie. That's the thing, and yeah. I wonder even at that time, is that what they were trying to get at? Because Maybe it, yeah. again, twenty twenty lens, we might you assume, hey, maybe she has mental health issues. But right. really, in nineteen fifty one, you think they were. Thinking about thinking that about stuff, that? No. but clearly they were. Weirdo. I think maybe they. Clearly they, just they were wrote her as kind of like a not sketchy character, but kind of like a just a mysterious a little bit. You never really know what's going on with her. I do think something that uh, just from a technical point of view that would have made this movie digest a lot better is watching it, especially with her dialogue, because she's just firing off on all cylinders. I thought and she was this is great. Vivian Lee. Yeah, uh, it's just subtitles. If I could just read what she was saying, because sometimes she was just Speaking like so quickly, like a yeah. lightning bolt. I mean, but I love like, holy the, cow. I love her use of words too. Like oh, so eloquent, yeah, so just, almost like Shakespearean. Yeah, in a way. it felt very Shakespearean yeah. the way Blanche like spoke. Like a southern Shakespearean. Yeah, and even just some of the things that um, Marlon Brando's character, um, what's his name, Stanley, some of the mm-hmm. way he he expressed himself in ways also felt very Shakespearean, mm-hmm. but in a more dumbed down way. Like it was more because that's the character who he was, but. Mm-hmm. It still had a very like yeah I I really did like this movie. Oh my gosh, I, I yeah. So I I'm trying it. to I'm I honestly would love to know why it's considered a classic because I just like as I'm it was so long too like I was sitting there and I'm like it's it's still not over and I just I was so <laughs> I felt so bored. It, it's still um, not over, she says. Yeah, and I was just waiting. There was like a couple of scenes. I'm like, oh, is this like, you know, is this going to be a scene that's going to like. I guess I needed like my climax part, mm. and there was there was none of that. Um, and I, yeah, by the end of it, or even just by halfway through, I was just like done. With so, this movie. what were you expecting before you saw it? I was expecting. Gosh, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what I was expecting. All I was uh, expecting was I'm going to walk out thinking, "Wow, this is one of the most Amazing incredible movies. movies that has ever been made," and it. I get why it's a classic, but to feel like. I don't even understand why it's a classic. Like, what was it? Was it acting? Was it writing? Was it filming? Like, I saw some interesting camera shots and that kind of thing. The other thing, too, that kind of really disappointed me, highly disappointed me in this movie, (laughs) was the, you know, we all know of the pop culture reference of the screaming Stella Stella scene. 
Okay. Hey, Stella. Stella. But that's the thing. So everyone always references Came that so quickly Stella. In the movie. But in the movie, it's Hey, Stella. Mm-hmm. And also, people have always said it one way, but in the actual movie, he does it. Well, you he know does why? It I think people were in, imitating it from Seinfeld. Maybe, I but think... so many people have done that imitation right. in so many different places. They're always like, Stella, or yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. But I'm like, he doesn't scream like that yeah, in no, the movie. I still loved it, though. Um, yeah. Okay, here's the thing. Do you feel this would work better as a play? Like, if you went to see... Yes. I think so. Okay, 100%. So, yeah. so That's you, what I thought. If you I went and saw it. this on stage mm-hmm. live, you would end up... You would have enjoyed it. 100%. Mm. And I, I did think that... I'm so glad you brought it up because I almost forgot. Um, no, I thought to myself, if this was a play, I would be engaged. Right. But because it's on a screen... You needed and, more. And then I was also thinking, imagine if I was watching it when it did come out in the theaters, I'd be like, what? <laughs> but maybe, again, different time, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, And also, you know, again, it's so unfair to judge for me to judge this movie because again i'm looking from a 2020 lens yeah i also have so much other work following that like lots of movies that were inspired by it that works on two levels that 2020 lens just 2020 vision oh yeah 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 no honestly i <laughs> yeah, thought you I were doing that on purpose that. no oh, i okay. wasn't that's so funny wow, wow. <laughs> <Okay>. yeah, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's just like it's just it's just one of those things where yeah maybe you know I have so many other movies following it to compare to right. even with acting like that's why I didn't find anything oh, outstanding in that's, this movie. That's what I found to be the most outstanding thing about was this movie acting? was the acting. It mm. was phenomenal. I thought especially Marlon Brando and Vivian I will and give Vivian that Lee they were both knockout lights out. But okay, so I also thought the character who played. Uh, do Blanche's kind of partner, Mitch. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mitch, he was Carl good. Malden. Yeah, he was really yeah. good as well. Yeah, everyone like, was good. I thought everyone, everyone was good. Everyone won acting awards for the film. Let me take a look. Okay. The only person who didn't win an actor acting award. I'll bet was Kim uh, Hunter. Incorrect. Kim oh. Hunter got Best Supporting Actress. Carl Malden got Best Supporting Actor. Vivian Lee got Best Marlon Actress. Didn't. Marlon Brando didn't win. But he was nominated. He was nominated. But oh, who did he so lose the, to? The Oscars were full of shit from back then. <laughs> 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 That's amazing. But guess who he lost to? It was this is slogan. a one guess each. Oh, geez. Classic actor from that era. And it's like, okay. Cary Grant. No. Clint Eastwood. Uh, no. Uh, Humphrey Bogart for The African Queen, oh, which was okay. a classic film. All right, then, okay, maybe Oscars, I might take it back then. I haven't mm. seen it, but that's a po- like Humphrey Bogart again. He was pretty. Yeah. Good. You guys have seen Casablanca. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I've never seen it. It's chunks on my list. I put it on the list. <sighs> yeah. But see, now now I'm just like, I've always wanted to see Casablanca. It's so And now bad. it's like, and Citizen Kane, too. It's one of the greatest but... movies of, well, Citizen Kane, okay, I, I will indulge someone arguing about Citizen Kane. Hold that thought. I can't believe you guys haven't seen this. Y'all should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Casablanca, holy moly. Um, it's Casablanca for a reason. It really mm-hmm. is. Like, um, you got to watch it. We gotta, I, I you want gotta, to. You have to. And you I, really, I do. really hope that A Streetcar Named Desire has not turned me off. Oh, no, no, like you shouldn't let that happen. Now, yeah, okay. don't. But I just, I just feel... I'm I'm not I'm just so disappointed. The, I I I have a soft spot in my heart too for this era of films as well yeah. like 40s, 50s, 60s, yeah. especially the 50s, 60s mm. because I just seeing them work the film magic like it's shot just as well as stuff that you're seeing yes, today. Yes, you're correct. And yeah. for them to do that it was probably a lot hard, uh, 
probably mm-hmm. guaranteed it was a lot harder mm-hmm. for them to do, pull off a lot of the oh, shots yeah. that they oh, they pull sure. off and it still looks as good as many of the films yeah. at the very least you can say it was shot well if you watched a streetcar it's named true. desire cinematography I, you know, wise would, yeah. lighting the whole nine they were top notch again because you know uh with my 2020 lens seeing <laughs> it now maybe it's not stuff that are noticeable for me but no you're right there were certain scenes like there was this one scene where what, what's the uh female lead what was blanche blanche yeah so she's like talking to this man and so you get like a an over-the-shoulder shot of the back of him and she's in the distance and then he does this thing like someone knocks on the door and he turns and just the way he turns at the camera they lined it up so nicely and i did think to myself like that's awesome these are all techniques (laughs) these are all techniques and styles that have influenced so many films Mm -hmm. so i'll give it that the other thing too i must say about marlon brando is that as we mentioned like he was one of the first like i really did enjoy his performance and he did a good job Uh and i um i see why he was like nominated and everything um but he was one of the first actors apparently to bring the style of like method acting okay to the screen which i thought was really interesting and i and which would make sense again as to why this movie was so influential right and is considered a classic okay one quick question now for you guys so Remember the thing, Quentin Tarantino and Martin Scorsese and Mm -hmm. this thing, like this hate that they have for Marvel movies and the big blockbuster thing. So if this film were going to be made for the first time today, do you think it would even get made or do you think it would just be go straight to a streaming service better? So like a marriage story type thing. What do you get? Like, what would you guys think if this film were to be made today? I don't think anyone would sign it. You don't think anyone would even sign on for no. it? No. Oh, I'm sorry. That was mean, but I was mean for real. No, you're not uh, being mean. No. Who the hell would sign this? I think if someone, and uh, Rich just touched on it. Yeah. If someone was going to sign a movie like Marriage Story, then someone's going to sign A Streetcar Named Desire. Sure. So you think it would be better? Okay, you you don't on. think it would make does it to the, the play, film? Does the play exist or does it not exist? Because if it doesn't exist, it won't get signed. If it exists, which the it does. Play exists. The, play the play exists. The play exists. Then, yeah, it might get signed. But if it did, if it had, if the play did not exist, it I don't. I, just based on the story, no, you're saying no. It's terrible. So it would it's a shit story. So you're saying Netflix <laughs> immediately just it would only make it to Netflix. Oh, Netflix would be like, no, we don't. Oh, even not want even this. Netflix. No, go <laughs> oh, find. I don't know. Netflix is. Uh, they, they'll try they give it. The okay to they'll a eat anything. Stinkers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So what do you think? Uh, I just really didn't. Like All right. This let's movie. let's okay. Well, let's rate it then. Let's let's rate this movie and move on to. What are we gonna rate it out of? Um, what are we gonna pick? Yeah, fur coats. Fur coats? What? Oh, yeah. Didn't fur... she have fur coats? She did have fur coats. Yeah, she had Blanche a couple had... furs and stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, there you go. Fur okay. coats. Okay, fur coats. I'll give it a two and a half out of five. I didn't, I didn't love it, uh, but I think if uh, you know you're really, really into this era of film, early fifties. I think again, um, environment-wise, soundtrack-wise, just whole atmosphere wise it is really really sharp the acting's fantastic the story is you know not my jam but you know what give it a shot Mm. take it in hey if it's showing at a cool movie theater downtown or something when movie theaters are back up and rolling definitely take it in but in the meantime yeah why not give it give it a look Okay, well, I'm going to give it four coats out of five coats. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, the coat is, yeah, just like a random fur. It's a full oh, fur, then, but it's well, a nice fur. Mine is an endangered animal, so oh, this, coat, this, this coat is really expensive. It was so good. 
that this there's probably only like 10 of these but animals Rich, left d- on the isn't earth. Isn't there a reason, a reason as to why it's extinct? No, no, no. <laughs> no, yeah, no, because it's a rare animal. Like this was a really, the more we spoke about it, the more I realized how much I liked it. Mm. So yeah, four fur coats, four fur coats <laughs> <laughs> out of five coats. And it's the most luxurious fur, expensive fur. It was really good. Watch this movie. Go Wrong. Ahead. <laughs> no watch it Andy okay. what do you so say so from my perspective of just taking it in for a movie one and a half again <laughs> I'm just saying if you know you might not be into a type of movie like this then go with your gut don't watch it what animal is your fur um, is it rat oh, now that's mean I'm gonna give it more than a sewer rat Cat? I'll give it uh <laughs> Cat? Cat? cat fur? No, 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 I'll give it, uh, I don't know, like a mink, a mink fur. A cat okay, fur. But I'm only giving one and a half. And this is all hypothetical, you guys out there, animal loves. We're just having fun with this. We're not, yeah. we don't really mean. <laughs> you <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so wait, how many coats? One and a half. Oh. I'm also going to do the faux fur. It's not even real, but well, it looks like mink. But you liked quite a bit from the movie, though. You did. I recall me not liking much. <laughs> no, you liked you liked the the way it was shot. You yeah. appreciated the, some of the performances. Those... But for me, though, you know what it is, Rich. It's like storyline is. It's not everything. It's really important, but though. it's so yeah. important because, yeah. like, um, which is funny. Like going back to like when we talked about episodes ago, nineteen seventeen. Like some people did have a problem with the storyline, mm. and I get that, and I do respect that. Like if you're not into the story. How can you enjoy a film? Right. Right? Um, and is it, is like visuals enough to like balance it out? On 1917, I fucking love that movie. I will defend it till I die. But um, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I can't compare it to this movie. Totally different movies. But, <laughs> you know, I would just, I, you know what it is? I always say this when something is put so high up and then I finally give it a chance. Yeah. I go in. Your expectations super, were really high. Yeah, I, guess. I go super high and then I, I just dis- get disappointed. Maybe that's the thing for both of you. Your expectations were really high. Definitely mine were, mm. yeah. for sure. Yeah, no, the, but I also love the title. It was such a nice title. I went, <laughs> I went in there with the mindset of I'm, I'm watching a play on film. That's the way I, mm. I looked at it. So I'm watching a play. And from that perspective, which I mm-hmm. guess you're saying again, if it was not in, on theater, but mm-hmm. more so live. You'd appreciate it yeah. more. So, hey. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, you know what? I wish I took it in back in like film class in university. Because in film class, and I was not a film major. I just took this like one class. But we watched so many. Yeah. Like we did a lot of Alfred Hitchcock. Right. And then like a bunch of other old. I did a film class in university yeah, too. Yeah. A bunch yeah. of other old school films. But we never got to this film. And I wish we did because I would love to know why it is a classic. Yeah. Right. I, see, I would appreciate I, it more. The first I time I saw this movie, I was like. Or, but I didn't finish it. Uh, I was maybe like nine or ten, mm-hmm. and my dad was in his Tennessee Williams phase. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. But he, he was just digging into a lot of these old school flicks, this Citizen Kane, Casablanca, stuff like that. Um, and I remember just not taking in the parts that I saw. So I was excited to kind of take this in again, right? Uh, in full. Um, and I guess my yeah, my pedestal was a little too high for it. But there were there were definitely elements of it that I was really like, whew, mm-hmm. taken taken aback in a good way by. All right, all right. So that is a streetcar named Desire. It came out in 1951, stars Marlon Brando, and uh, Vivienne Lee, Kim Hunter, and Carl Malden. So check mm-hmm. it out. I'm sure it's available 
Oh, I don't know. Where, everywhere. Everywhere. Wherever you can find movies. Definitely Google search it and you'll find out. Uh, find it somewhere um all right so that movie was 1951 we're gonna fast forward uh what is it 29 years to 1990 for a movie called miller's crossing it's by the coen brothers 39 years was it 39 what did i say i think you said oh yeah you're right it's 39 (laughs) thank you for doing the math no worries yeah um anyways miller's crossing i do think i think it was directed by only one of the brothers but it was written by both yeah he wasn't credited but, um, oh, he, he wasn't. He just oh. it wasn't credited, but I think... Directed oh, so by weird. Joel, produced by Ethan, yeah. written by both of them. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. All right, Rich. <laughs> sure. So, okay. So this movie is set in like a Prohibition era, and it's basically this guy. His name is Tom Regan, and he's uh, like the right-hand man to this boss, this mob boss. And just this other mob boss wants to kind of move in on his territory, and he wants to kill this guy. And he asks for permission to kill this guy, and the mob boss says no, and it just sets off this whole chain reaction between this power struggle between these two mob bosses. And Tom is caught right in the middle. He's trying to maneuver his way between all of these people, and you got to watch it to see if he survives, if he's going to make it to the end, and who he's going to show his loyalties to. And it's the Coen brothers, and it's awesome. <laughs> so this, this was a movie that you've been talking to us about since the beginning of this podcast. It's one of my podcast. favorite movies of all time. Really? Absolutely. What number would you put it it's, in your top ten? Or would it be top ten? It's definitely top ten. It might even be top five. Ooh. Yeah, no. I've. <laughs> Wait, what's your number one movie? I don't even know this. That's a hard thing to say. That's oh, a tough it, question. You know what? Top five films, at least for me, have to be Shawshank Redemption is in there. Mm. Um, the Matrix. Yeah. Has to be in there. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. Has to be in there as well. Uh, Miller's Crossing is in there. And I don't know what that fifth one might be. I have to think about it. But And this is me spitballing here yeah, because yeah. I might think of other films that I would want to try to push yeah. movies in and out. But those movies are at least guaranteed top ten. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So this movie, I'd like to start with you because okay. you do you, you highly recommend it. I love it. What, what was it that you liked about it? Everything. It's, <laughs> it's so complex to me. The more I watched it, like I've watched it... More times than I don't even know how much to tell you. I, for the first, let's just say, first ten viewings, um, I kept noticing new things. And part of it that I appreciate is that they use their own slang, like a made-up slang in the movie. So mm. you may not even catch on to some of the things they're saying the first time you watch it. Then the second time you watch it, you realize, oh, that's what he means when he says a twist mm. or where someone flops or. You know, giving me the hi hat like I love are, that. Yeah. Or uh, what is it? Uh, you guys dangle. Yeah, you guys dangle. Or, yeah. or what's the rumpus? Like yeah. people mm. say that that actually seeped into a cultural lexicon in terms of people saying mm. what's the rumpus. Yeah. People say that all the time. They, I think even Dr. Banner said it in the Avengers when he <laughs> walked into the lab to see Tony Stark. He's like, "What's the rumpus?" Kind of mm-hmm. thing. Miller's Crossing. Yeah, I saw that. And I was like, Miller's Crossing <laughs> when yeah, he yeah, said yeah, that yeah, in yeah. Avengers. But um, yeah. So after multiple viewings of watching this movie, I kept on noticing so many things. It's Everything multi-layered. Yeah, it's so amazing. What here's something that I bet you guys didn't notice because mm-hmm. you were watching it for the first time. The Coen Brothers thought of Tom Regan as kind of a, mess, a messiah type person maneuvering in a world of um, like people kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like his name is paired with the word Jesus more times than you realize in the movie. If you watch it again, notice how many times they say Jesus Tom or Damn it Tom. Mm-hmm. Mm. yeah like and the thing is when you watch it again too 
he really does he's really maneuvering like he's outsmarting everybody that he's basically like he's he's thinking ahead of everybody oh, else yeah. in the whole movie throughout the whole thing and it's just mm-hmm. fucking brilliant he's definitely the peacemaker and he's definitely a mastermind but i feel like the end he kind of does become the fallen angel uh, and i'll throw a little spoiler maneuver is there such a thing as spoilers? yeah but not everyone's seen it okay it's not spoiler, a- spoiler, 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 spoiler. There we go. Um, I just feel like, yeah, like he does be kind of become a fallen angel because he realizes, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I've played it very peaceful and and violenceless. Oh, that's I just know what the hell I just said, but <laughs> has he's barely been violent at all throughout this film. Hasn't killed anyone, right? Uh, but then he even at the end you have and for me I think my favorite aspect of this film is the performance of John Turturro who mm, is yeah. mm-hmm. constantly one of the truly yeah. great actors um, and he's begging for his life for a second time he's like where's your heart right I, I can't like, believe he tried to do that a second goes, time I right? don't have a heart right mm-hmm. he pops him because he played the whole like it was all part of his plan like he I think he came up with the plan actually mm-hmm. when they gave he saw his opportunity when they said, take him out in the woods and kill him because mm-hmm. he didn't want to kill him for multiple reasons, mm-hmm. but more so because of his relationship with Verna. Yeah. His sister. Yeah. So I think the whole walk out into the, into Miller's crossing, basically mm-hmm. when he, they say, take mm-hmm. Bernie out there and kill him. I think that's where he did, figured out every step he was going to take from the film forward at that point. But did he expect Bernie to return back to town? Yes. Do you think he did? I think he that that was all part of the calculation because he played him the same way at the end when he said to him, you know what? I'm not playing along with your games anymore. Mm-hmm. I'll meet you at four o'clock at my spot if you want to whatever. He knew, knowing his character, that he was going to try to ambush him and kill him, which is why he sent Casper up there at first. Because the mm-hmm. he was like, one way or another, they're going to cancel each other out. But more likely, it's going to be Bernie canceling him out. But how did he predict that Mink's body would be in the forest? He didn't. That was that was a, like that a was, very that was luck on his part. Forley Clover yeah, wait, that went into his. Uh... Whose body was that? Minx. So that was Steve Buscemi's character. Oh, because Bernie killed okay, him. Because Bernie <laughs> killed him, thinking like if someone goes out there looking for a body, I have to protect myself because then they'll know right. I'm, I'm not alive anymore. Mm-hmm. So he killed Mink and put the body yes. out there with his clothes on. And him. it was actually and yeah, I that know, makes sense for right me. now. But it's <laughs> like for the first viewing, you're not going to get that. Yeah, like yeah. this is me. Explaining it after like watching 20 it. Watches later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is a movie that I really do got to watching it because I do love Coen Brothers. I love them to death. And so, so something that I would say that I I hated the soundtrack. I'll, I'll, I'll flat oh, out yeah. throw that. I oh, really no, dislike I the soundtrack. Really? I don't know. I just feel for that era and just the tone of the film. This. How about the Tommy Boy Irish... scene? When... Oh God! No? I... Oh, okay. So that's another little thing that I'll get into. But I'm just. I didn't feel like the the kind of the Irish folky ballads hmm. meshed with the coldness, the the kind of the fall colors of the film. Mm-hmm. Just okay. for me, right? That particular scene, I did not realize. Al, it's uh, Albert uh, Finney was this gymnastics <laughs> maestro. Yeah. Oh, he was right. doing this fantastic <laughs> leap out of a burning building right. and onto the roof. Has this Tommy gun that is not running out of bullets at all. Very, He's just um, going to town. But those, Tony from but those, Scarface. Those magazines hold a lot in those Tommy guns. 
But that he yeah. was he was really like he was giving, giving it to her. her. But I love that scene because it just showed how like he you you see why he's a boss now. It's not like he's this not a frail old man that can't defend himself. Like he's a gangster through and through. Like and yet he's always being outmaneuvered by Tom. I guess that speaks more to Tom's character. Well, I I don't think he's been outmaneuvered by Tom so much because Tom's been loyal to him pretty much for most of their lives. It's just except with Verna. Well, I guess yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then Bernie and and it's it's uh yeah okay so but so me I love Coen Brothers um you know not feeling this one so much no well see this is the thing like <laughs> when I think of films like Fargo Big Lebowski or Brother Where Art Thou have you seen Raising Arizona uh chunks of it not all of it I what about you Andy I've, I've only Raising seen Arizona. Fargo. Big Lebowski you've seen uh, No Country for Old Men which oh, is no, unbelievable. Oh. I love Serious that. Serious Man's Amazing, True okay. Grid, Inside Lewin Davis. Like, I think I've seen True Grid. The thing as about well, these yeah. movies. What about Inside Lewin Davis? Uh, no, I haven't seen it. <gasps> that one's great. So good. Love that movie. But mm. all these movies just have that kind of weird kind of wit and mm-hmm. humor That's and the quirkiness. I didn't get that in this film except from Johnny Casper's character. Okay. He's mm. that one character <laughs> who is just kind of. Uh, He's another really great. I can't remember the name. I think it's John Polito, the name of that actor. Yes, yeah. And they're also in Barton Fink together, John Turturro and John Polito. Never saw Barton Fink. That one's a a, a very very quirky movie. Okay, yeah. that one's very starring the fan, uh, for me. I think my one of my favorite actors, the great John Goodman. Can we He's put Raising there. Arizona on our list? Next week. No. <laughs> okay. You got, okay. So, you well, already got all right, the list. All right. So, Andy. Okay. I'll start with what I like. <laughs> um, Bernie was my favorite. Okay. And I wanted more Bernie. And the fact that he was always like referenced, but I never got to see enough of him mm-hmm. was disappointing. John, so, John Turturro was your favorite? He was so good because yeah. he had, for me, you know, again, so it's either like story or like acting that really sticks out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the best actor in the whole thing. He had the best. He had the best dramatic scenes, and I really like emotional scenes. Okay, and like that scene where he's yeah, where he's begging yeah, for yeah. his look life. Into your heart. Look I was into like, your heart. Yeah. I was, I, I was saying like, yes, like this is what I was waiting for, just for something, a little something, you know. Hmm. Um, but. Uh, I'm not into okay. mafia movies again, it's, but it's not a mafia yeah, movie. It, it, is, mafia, it is like a classic. Like, it is a gangster yeah, film, that kind of noirish in its own in way. In a way, neo-noir. it's its own. Like they're you know doing okay. their side I don't hustles, remember, but de- or whatever. definitely not in the vein of a you know uh, a Godfather. No, or right? Yeah, no. Goodfellas they're they're or still like shooting people. They're still killing people. There's know, lots of violence in the movie. People. Yeah, I'm not into this stuff. <laughs> I think I've established this a couple of podcasts ago. Oh, okay. I'm just done with it. I'm like, yeah, I just, I don't know. So, Again, I just like that Bernie character. Really enjoyed his do you, So, do you, of all the so the Coen Brother movies that you have seen, mm-hmm. do you like most of them? I mean, maybe you, you like don't... No Country for Old Men. I like No Country for Old Men that because I love that actor. Well, not, not, not necessarily about violence, but I'm just wondering if maybe just the Coen Brothers is just not your steez. Like maybe it's just something you don't like. You no, know, I think you kind of mentioned this before. Or one of you mentioned this. I can't remember who. But, like, I feel like they definitely have a style in Mm -hmm. their films. But also each film, I think, is so unique, which I like. Yeah. And I think that's also part of their style is that it's never the same movie over and over again. It is its own packaged product. 
And yes, they happen to do it. But like that, and that's what I like about them. So for me, it could be hit and miss. Right, right. Um, I actually, on that note, I did not like Fargo when I watched it. Oh, oh. Fargo. yeah, sorry. Love really? Fargo. Yeah, I did. So I, wait, I you, just hurt so, you. I know. So okay, so, but, so like but you liked it after you saw it a couple of more times, or I've only seen it once. And. <laughs> And that's the thing. If I don't like it the first time, you're not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Waste my time. Yeah. Why would you watch it? Our name desire. No fucking way. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Wow. You didn't like Fargo. I'm sorry. Uh, The only Coen Brothers movie I haven't liked is Burn After Reading. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't yeah. watch it. It didn't look the, like from the trailer. It didn't look the greatest. A little too, uh, I don't know, goofy. Yeah, uh, yeah. The cast was so like, how can this not be good? But. Yeah. I remember watching Fargo for the first time and being blown I know, away. You that yeah, yeah, yeah. Blown away. That is, that for me and a few of their films are in you know, speaking of like top fives, mm-hmm. uh like Fargo, Big Lebowski, those are happily in my Amazing. You know, top five ish, so top good. seven. <laughs> So good. Uh, but No Country for Old Men so is So good. Just True Grit. Brilliant. Yeah, True Grit's fantastic. So good. Love yeah, True Grit. Oh, Oh, brother, where art thou? You... Yeah, loved it. Loved Amazing. it. I haven't seen it, but I hear it. Raising Arizona. I, I got to watch it. it. I got to take uh, Raising Arizona. You know what? I think because those movies have, all, from my own pedestal, a lot of these Coen Brother flicks have always been on my Luca pedestal. <laughs> and I was, I was going into Miller's Crossing, speaking of putting something, you know, right. going into the hype of it. Uh, I I was expected to be blown away, and there were a lot of scenes in this movie that I loved. Um, but I think I gotta take it in. Right. Uh, I think I gotta give, gotta it, give a it a chance. second, third watch. Oh, One of my favorite scenes, though, <laughs> and it was very Coen Brothers, uh, was when Johnny Cash was like, "Okay, you know, let's rough uh, Tom up a bit." Right. When he denies he's not gonna fuck, with, he's not gonna help them out. Right. So the one guy goes to. Beat him attack up. him and, and he, he hits, hits him, him with, with a chair, chair. And, he's like, oh, and it goes jesus top and then he walks and he walks and then they yeah. come back in yeah, and, and the small guy up. beats him up and then the cops come in <laughs> right. and it's like the cops in this whole film they're just hired they're, goons yeah. they're just bums the mayor and the police chief is like whoever's in charge and they just hilarious. roll with them yeah they're yeah. just like we don't give a shit we know uh-huh. who runs the situation here uh, andy, it's not us andy i'm sorry oh i'm sorry all right it's a taste thing you know it's like it's not right. my thing. I can't. I can't appreciate it. I was so happy to watch it again. I bet you were. I was so happy to you watch it. Probably like booked off a day from work I was to just watch like, it. Oh man, it's been too long <laughs> since I watched this movie. But okay, so <laughs> let's rate it. Um, let's do hats. Let's oh, rate yeah. it out of hats because okay. that seems to be a theme throughout the movie too. I wonder what the hat symbolizes because um, it's really a, a really focused on object. Of the I, movie. Did he ever I, find his hat? Didn't he lose it? In you the know, he found it. He yeah, found of course. It. And then yeah, he yeah. kind of just took I it he just off. Got a new for, hat. I don't care what the hell. Did he take it off at the end? No, no. He puts it on he, he and then, puts it down then he kind of he puts it down yeah. and then he kind of raises his head up a bit and then the goes to black. Yeah, you can say it's so good. It's so good. Hmm. There's so got to be something with the hat. I'm surprised you haven't picked up on this. Oh, mate, I don't know. I haven't really given. Got to watch it one more time. <laughs> yeah, I got to watch it a couple more times. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. No. It's, okay. It... Hats. Yeah. Hats. Ratings. Can I? I'll, I'll just go first. Go for it. So yeah. five hats. Five out of five hats. Yeah. Like just the best hat. Okay, you go. <laughs> so, um, you knew what I was gonna say. I, I yeah, it's a good hat for me. Uh, I, I'm gonna go three point nine out of five, hmm. and it's a hat that. I really kind of have to work in 
and it gives me a tiny bit of a headache <laughs> at some points because I have a massive watermelon head. But eventually it just kind of fits, and, and I just got to maybe wear this hat a bunch to get a really good feel for it. Mm. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give it a little bit more than a streetcar named Desire because I actually did enjoy just a little bit more than okay. that movie. So I'm going to give it two out of five hats. Uh, and again, Woo-hoo! I'm only basing this off of my own opinion. It has nothing to do with how good the quality of the film or anything is. I mm-hmm. just didn't like it. Right. Well, that's my rating. I'm so mm-hmm. sorry. That's okay. I feel like you never want to speak to me. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's like, uh-huh, I see. Rich is angry. He just locks his studio door. We'll never do this podcast yeah, That's about it. Yeah, well, it, it, it seems like the world's trying to end this podcast right now. So that's a good segue. Oh, yes, it is. Man. Okay. So just to recap, Miller's Crossing came out in 1990. Check it out. Uh, I'm sure it's online. Just Google it. It's directed and written by the Cohen brothers. All right, so we've been hinting to the, uh, this throughout the whole podcast about the uh, impact of COVID-19 on the film industry. It's been so bad, so freaking bad, even just within the past 24 hours. We're recording this uh, on St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patty's Day. Oh, yeah, happy yeah. St. Patty's Day, canceled. everyone. Um, <laughs> Everything's been canceled. Every, the whole world is canceled. Not this podcast yet. <laughs> And yeah, so COVID-19 has been affecting it big time within the past 24 hours. We just heard our um, in Canada, our biggest film theater chain, Cineplex, has closed its door just for a couple of weeks, uh-huh. uh, you know, to protect their um, employees, but also, you know, customers coming in. Um, a few weeks or about like a week and a bit ago, we heard that the Bond film, No, no Time to Die, has been delayed for like seven months. Uh-huh. Um, Paramount Pictures has po- postponed um, the Mission Impossible shoot in Italy. Of course, in Italy. Yeah, right? <laughs> right and yeah. then, of course, we've heard about things like uh, Marvel is delaying, like, their movies like black widow maybe i I have yet i haven't heard the official for that one yet but i don't see how they would so look it up because i'm pretty sure i read that disney's also kind of delaying some stuff including i believe milan Mm -hmm. and then um a quiet place part two is going to be rescheduled as well they stopped production on the batman for matt reeves batman with robert pattinson yeah that's been postponed now as well as a black widow release date Delay to do the yeah okay so it's, it is official that, that there was no way they were going to be able to be mm-hmm. releasing because obviously if you were to release a movie right now mm-hmm. your numbers your first weekend numbers would be nothing you would have no profit it would make no sense mm-hmm. to to put your movie out right now just from the whole bottom dollar I know it's bad but I, when I think of Hollywood I just think how they think in terms of money's the end all be all for them. So Mm -hmm. I know they're not necessarily postponing the movies because they're worried about people's safety and, Mm -hmm. you know, everyone being huddled into a theater together. It's really like we can't put... the producers. Right, exactly. The producers are the ones making those decisions. Right. And here's the thing, because before everything's changed so quickly within a week, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I really feel like the big global domino especially or at least for North America, was mm-hmm. the NBA shutting down. I oh, think, yeah, that was, that was that, the big one. I think that was the first real domino that fell that really amped mm-hmm. up the collective taking the shit seriously kind mm-hmm. of thing. And because when we were talking about this last week in terms of talking about it this week, mm-hmm. we were pondering the thought of would we still go to the theater? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Guys, I like the... Within the past five days, our world has changed. I felt like a hundred years went by. <laughs> Just in five days. Yeah. Right. Um, 
literally every day is a surprise. Although at this point, I should be so numb to it. And I keep getting emails, oh, this is shut down. This, and it's still a shock to me. But I'm like, why am I so e- shocked? Each no, day at, is just going to be... Each hour. Something's yeah. happening right now. But I think we're just going to... This has become the new normal for us. And, you know, I saw pretty interesting... Well, let's hope it's not normal. Temporary. Well, right. it has to be, like, you know, for the next few weeks. Yeah. Let's I th- see how it is in early April. But right? I think it's a healthy attitude to kind of think of it like this is the way it is for now. And just roll with it, right? Yeah. Like, you know what? It's not ideal. Obviously, our hearts go out to everyone who's being affected by this in whichever level. But I saw an interesting tweet from the other day where... It's like, okay, our grandparents are dealing with wars and we're being right. sent to fight right. off yeah. shit. And we're dealing with like very, very intense life or death. Including traumatic illness. Stuff, including illness. Um, not taken away from this, but right now all we're being asked is to literally let's just kind of take it easy on the big hangs and, you know, Outings obviously a lack of sports and stuff like that and shopping and stuff like that. Uh, and we just gotta just kind of do our thing. I get, you know, I take my uh, toque off to all these amazing people who work in grocery stores and hospitals, people service, who are at the ground level yeah. doing their thing and providing some type of normalcy and structure to this very yeah. far out scene. So to to bring it back to, for example, you know, things like Cineplex, uh, we know Tiff Bell Lightbox in Toronto has closed doors. Um, today, walking by our local movie theaters, the you know, the mom and pop independent theaters down our street here, uh, they're also closed. So a lot of films obviously have been postponed. Um, we were looking forward to a lot of movies that were going to be coming out. We had to change, do a double flashback this week. <laughs> we'll very shortly you know, announce the movie that we're going to be watching for next week, but it's going to be coming from Netflix. Streaming services are your best friend. (laughs) (laughs) Streaming services are your best friend right now. And they're still movies. They still are. Well, that maybe is another episode. Are they still movies if they're on a streaming service? But no, I I think they are. No, well, this is the thing. I've asked this before, Mm -hmm. and um, I'll put it out there again right now, being that, is it the same thing? Is it not cheating? Should they be held on the same standard as movies that are put in theaters because I feel like you're taking a chance more when you put a movie in theaters, there's more on the line. You're really trying to see if people will like this movie and gravitate to it. Mm -hmm. Your box office numbers will reflect that at least. But when it's on streaming, are you really taking any chances? It's more like you just put it out there and it's like, if it sticks to the wall, it sticks to the wall. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like I don't feel like movies that are on Netflix or original movies that are put on Netflix should be held to the same standard. They should be held to a lower standard than the films that are put out. Or just a different category. I think that, you know, know, much like radio, uh, television, and film, there's definitely transferable skills and transferable (laughs) styles. You know, that kind of thing. You can take practices of radio and bring it to podcasting. Yeah. Uh, maybe you, you can't take podcasting, bring it to radio. It's different. It's but, happening. But my, pod, it's happen- yeah. my podcast shouldn't be put on the same pedestal as a morning show on a radio station. No. You know what I mean? Like, it, even though we're kind of sort of in the same similar vein. So for award shows like Golden Globes and mm-hmm. Oscars, should there maybe be a category separate? That's what I, yeah, that's what I yeah, think. For a streaming cat- and, yeah. Stream, yeah. Yeah, because... What would you call that? Best streamed drama? Best streamed um, comedy? Yeah. Hmm. Something like that. Best like... streamed... 
I don't know, foreign film kind of thing because it didn't get put in theaters. It just went straight to streaming. Would they accept yeah. that? Would they look? That would be a lesser than award, but wouldn't then, it? You know award what? shows are like if we look at it, all these award shows, they're struggling as it is in terms of defining how movies are defined by genre. You know, or maybe there should be a separate award show completely just for, for, just for streamed for, for streaming services. Well, there are there's categories for um, TV films. Like that's its own category at right. some award shows. So like that is that's a thing. But it's it's which simple. ones? Which ones? Like uh, Golden Globes, I guess. I think Golden Globes has it. Emmys. And I think Emmys. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. But TV movies. The big boy everybody wants. Everyone wants an Oscar. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is the thing though. We're at a point now where a lot of you know we're seeing like okay Martin Scorsese, one of the biggest directors right now, you know, and it's like. That guy went to a streaming service. All these big actors are going to streaming I think services. this year that's... is the big tipping point, though, in terms of, okay, the future of cinema is it's in changing. streaming. Like the future of music is in streaming in a you kind can, of disturbing you way. You can still make good movies and be a great filmmaker via doing the streaming route, but let's not get it twisted. Martin Scorsese is doing that now because it's giving him the freedom to do what he can't do in theaters. But he is already... Well, so he says, or maybe, I don't know. He's already Martin Scorsese, though. That's the, like... He could do whatever he wants. Sort of, kind of. He's already been making films for decades. I just think he's a bit of a hypocrite due to what <laughs> what we referenced earlier. If he's dissing yeah. all these, like... Marvel movies. Marvel movies. But then he's dissing the, the, the what do you call it, the platform? Right. Fuck you. I don't care about him. <laughs> um, no, but anyways. Yeah, like, it's, it's a debatable thing. It's not to say that a movie on Netflix isn't... Like, it's still a movie. Right. But I understand what you're saying. It's almost like we should give platforms for the streaming service and then, like, mm, movies I that have... I just think have... you're taking a bigger chance when you put it so. in theaters. I just, you know... I I think it really depends on where where we're going in terms of how we are taking in these films because more often than not if we're not watching it in the cinema if it's not showing we're going to watch it at home via whichever means yeah. is available right uh, and that's movies on netflix true, and whatever so or watching on DVD, or films thing. that are you know that should be in thing but hey we found the cool stream we sure. found the cool torrent and we're watching it on a movie yeah so so, so some of the movies that were going to be coming out that we were going to be looking forward to seeing that just on postpone now was a quiet place part two mm-hmm. no time to die james bond was coming right around the corner the beastie boy story you were looking for that i think it's still That's coming out. out on apple in april okay so that'll yeah. be available for streaming i think so yes okay. that, yeah here's the thing do you think some of these big films that perhaps should they not maybe be looking to make deals with netflix right now to maybe try to release it's too them? late too late I to do that you late, think so yeah. they'd lose a lot of money that I think way they've already doing lost it, right? money Probably. by pushing it but they see it as a better investment right. to lose money now because they'll gain it later right. the but... woman in the window was going to be coming out wonder woman the sequel 1984 is what it's called candy mm. man was coming out too mm. as well so these are all movies now we will have to wait and see it's to be announced i yeah. guess for the most part so so we'll see what happens right now we just know for a few weeks especially for the ma- major theater chains and some of the smaller ones as well um, it's going to be another few weeks. I believe it's like a first week of April, something right. like that. 
But anyways, we'll have more updates as it's uh, rolling through. We do just encourage everyone, wash your hands. Yeah. Play your we'll part. get through this together, you guys. Yeah. Get through it together. We'll get through um, it together. Keep up with the podcast because we have a whole, well, we have a whole 11 episodes for you to watch. <laughs> and we do highly recommend all the movies regardless of our ratings, uh, i.e. my ratings. Actually, we have 12 episodes because we have the prequel. We, that's ah. true. That is true. So you guys get caught up. If you're get if you're new to the up. podcast, now's never been a better time for you to chill and if you love movies the way we love movies and listen to us talk about movies yeah and we're not going to discriminate so next week we're going to go into the streaming services and we've never had a policy of oh we're only going to review movies in theaters or anything we'll review anything Anything. (laughs) um so on that note we are going to be reviewing um a new movie that just came out last week on Netflix. It's called Lost Girls. Uh, so what we want you to do, if you're listening to this podcast, is watch the movie and then catch up with us next week when we have our review and then join in on the conversation. Uh, remember, you can always uh, tweet us at Pod and find us on Instagram at mm-hmm. the Podcast. And also, if you have a movie that you want us to review, because, you know, we all kind of have a bit of downtime. Yes. Uh, anything that's streaming out there, like let us Hit know us up, and yeah. we yeah. will review it just for you whether you've seen it or not maybe you just recommend it except for yeah. human centipede i'll and watch it i'll watch it gangster movies <laughs> right oh, yeah, yeah. yeah no no definitely uh, gangster movies. courtroom dramas yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, Hit us up. courtroom dramas you dig and you gotta feel me on this in one the way okay. that in the, and in the way that we put these kind of picks of our own to a lottery system We'll put those movies as well into yeah. a lottery system. Sure, yeah. it could be yeah, crazy. We could do that. It, it we could, could be out there. The or, listeners' you know, picks, whatever. exactly. Yeah. Listeners' picks. We'll People's put those choice. in. There. We'll okay. put those in there. All right. So we're, next week we're going to review the Lost Girls on Netflix. But now we got to pick from our list for a flashback. So the films on the list for films we haven't seen. At least two out of the three of us have not seen this film, and they are. Good. Okay. In Bruges. A Beautiful Mind, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Come on. Um, The Princess Bride, again. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Come on. (laughs) And Only Lovers Left Alive. I don't know if you guys have heard of Only Lovers Left Alive. Just go Google it. You'll see. It's pretty dope, but a lot of people didn't see it. It's a vampire movie. Yeah, it's a vampire movie. A lot of people haven't seen it. So Lou has the nominees in his hands, as you can hear there being mixed around Ooh, you know what i want 2001 space odyssey oh i'd be fine to watch that again Ooh, it's so I, good I, I feel like it's a good time so to good. watch it yeah so good it's a, it's way ahead of its time for mm-hmm. a science fiction movie for when it was made and it still stands up to the mm. test of time today it's kubrick and, yeah so stanley good. kubrick man again the films are in bruges a beautiful mind 2001 a space odyssey the princess bride okay only lovers left alive all right, Lou's grabbing from He's closing paper his eyes. balls. I don't know why I closed my eyes yeah, to pick why? up the paper. <laughs> I know. It yeah. was more sensual that way. <laughs> the winner is Princess Bride. Whoa, that just got added today. <sighs> okay, vampire movie. All right. No, no, that's not a vampire no, movie. Wait. No, Princess Bride. Oh, sorry. No, a, that was out of last week. Classic yeah. 80s fantasy oh yeah does this have to do with the princess am i gonna hate this okay oh, so <laughs> what what do you what have you heard of it andy nothing nothing so you must have seen clips of it because people quote this movie all the time probably did you like you like like lord of the rings right 
Lord of the Rings. Where are you going with this? I'm just saying it's within, like, you know, there's creatures and swords and just like Avatar hills and stuff. No, no okay. not Avatar at all. Oh my god! Don't you. listen to Lou. Okay, I like. Where did I go with Avatar? I said swords. Is that creatures. That's there's understand. creatures all over the place. There's creatures there's in Lord of the Rings. There's not a lot of creatures of in Princess is, Bride. I keep Lord of the Rings there's as hills and there's one creature in There's in flora Princess and fauna. Bride. Who's in it? No one that you would know. People you would <laughs> um, recognize. Billy Crystal's in it. Yeah. Uh, what's his face there? Fred Savage. He's in it for um, like a couple of uh, The coffee. guy that played Columbo. Isn't Peter Fred Falk. Savage? Fred Savage is the child actor. Robin Wright. Robin Wright. Robin Wright. Oh, Andre um, the Giant. Yeah. Hold on. I'm trying to think. I, I'm trying to Andre. Yeah, Andre the Giant. But um, wait, Fred Savage is the child actor, right? Yes. Yeah. It's okay. it's one of my favorite movies of all time. That might be my top ten. Princess Bride. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen Princess Bride either. But you know what? I'm keeping expectations low. Yeah, well, you can't so though. I can be impressed because you've already been hearing about this movie for years and years from other people. Yeah, not really. Like, no, I, the title doesn't ring a bell. But I'm sure oh. if you're right, if 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 there was like if you threw on like an episode of The Simpsons or whatever, and there was like a joke, I'd be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Right. But right. yeah. Okay. And Princess Bride, I just feel like yeah, it's one of those titles that I could easily mix up for another movie. Okay. So I'm probably just mixing it up with something else. Okay, Princess All right. Bride. All right, guys. And Lost Girls. And Lost Girls. Okay, so that's next next week on the Honey Wagon Podcast. It's going to be episode 12. Make sure to uh, like, rate, and subscribe to our podcast on all major podcast platforms. You can also reach out to us on Twitter at Honey Wagon Pod and on Instagram at the Honey Wagon Podcast. Remember to let us know what movies you want us to review during this time of self isolation, and make sure to social distance. I can never say. Yeah, it. I know, right? Social dis- distancing. Yeah. <laughs> distancing. Get some fresh air. Don't be cooped up inside, uh, and take care of yourself and your mental health, because you know what. If you could just spitball some of your top five real quick before we wrap up. Uh, okay. And it's so hard because someone will like just, oh, I love this movie. I'm like, yeah, like that is one of my favorites. But I'll say, yeah, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Nice. Uh, Ninth Gate. Uh, Fargo. <laughs> uh, but I would also throw in like True Grit in there as well. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou? Uh, just because I have Coen Brothers on the mind. Uh, Ghostbusters is fucking great. <gasps> I love Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Uh, I, I would need people to throw things. Okay. like mm-hmm. thing, I just can't like... Okay. Pull it out of my brain. Andy, <laughs> top five? I can't say any order. I could say that maybe top ten. Sure. So, Black Orpheus, boom. Yeah, Black Orpheus, I know sure. you like that movie, which you referenced yeah. earlier. Yeah. Um, the Shining definitely is in there. Love, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Mm, that's a good one. Um, American History X. Oh. Fight Club is in I there. I have never seen American History X. <gasps> Yeah. Put that on. No, 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 because I've seen it. Oh. Okay, I have the DVD. I'll send it to you. I know. I still have the. See, I keep DVDs of my favorite movies, Mm. and I will always keep it. And then I have also, like, really bad movies that are on my list. Like, no, this is not about. I just love it. It's such an entertaining movie. Detroit Rock City is, like, one of my favorites. (laughs) It's a cult movie. Right. Um, Edward Scissorhands is, like, by far one of my most favorite movies. It's just. It's. Yeah. Cool. There you go. Okay, guys. Well, this has been it. Take 11 of the Honey Wagon podcast. Tune in next week. And, uh, yeah, take care of yourselves. 